Hey guys, Chris here. Welcome back to another episode of Chris Talks Games. As always, I am Chris, and I'm going to chat about games with you today. Um, so it's been a little while since my last podcast again. Um, Nogalize has not, unfortunately, had time to sit back and do a proper podcast because it's school holidays and my work has been crazy, unfortunately. Uh, the joys of working in a seaside town when summer and holidays hit. Um, but yeah, hopefully I've got some good content for you guys today, and I'm trying to get, make sure I give you guys content, especially on the YouTube channel. Um, so if you want to see more stuff and hear more from me, please do check out my YouTube. Uh, I'll give you the details at the end of the show. Um, but yeah, with that project out of the way, I am going to get stuck into what I, what you call this an intro, which is the game chat. So yeah, uh, let's start off with the news. Okay, guys, first headline we have is the new Harry Potter game, uh, Hogwarts Legacy, has now officially got a date. Um, it was very much in the holiday 2022 bracket for a very long time. And in giving it the date, it has kind of revealed it has been pushed back slightly. Um, so Hogwarts Legacy now is officially due to launch on the 10th of February 2023. Um, so yeah, it has stitched back about three months or so um there's a quite ambitious project so hopefully they do manage to get it right and it works really well uh, as one that does look quite interesting to me so i'm excited to see um how it ends up uh yeah it's what i'm looking forward to seeing and hopefully having to go out and playing um but just have to wait a bit longer it's now dated for like i say 10th of february next year uh, next up is we have had a couple of Nintendo presentations. One is going to be the main subject today. But the other one was a Pokemon Presents for the Pokemon Company. Did one of their updates. Um, and this uh, Pokemon Presents is pretty good. It had like, the usual kind of updates for Pokemon Go, Pokemon Unite, Pokemon Masters. And a little bit of kind of promotion for Pokemon Cafe Remix. Which is um, one that they are trying to get a bit more hype about so i've added a few kind of a few more pokemon into that it's pretty cool um but the, the main part of the presentation the bit that everyone tuned in for was the updates on the upcoming pokemon games this year which is pokemon scarlet and pokemon violet um so it's been announced that they are coming out on the 18th of november um uh, those went into a bit more detail about the games showed off some of the new features and new gameplay mechanics so gonna have a quick um cover of what got shown off um it's very much an open world they did confirm it's an open world um and they did confirm there will be three storylines within the game you can handle them any kind of way or order you want or you can jump between the different three sounds of it um one of the three storylines is the traditional gym where you change all the gyms and become champion um so that is one of the three storylines that will be in the game they have confirmed that it will be up to you which gym you change which order you can go and challenge the gyms whenever you want no you don't have to do a set order or set path um there have been some reports indicating that the gyms may not scale level wise so you may find that you go up against quite a tough gym when you're quite early into the game this hasn't been confirmed, I don't think, so um, 
the way the Pokemon Company has it is you are free to tackle the gyms in any order you wish to. Um, but it will be interesting to see exactly how they do the um, scaling and whether the gyms do adapt to your current levels or not, um, which will be interesting to see. Um, I say there's no official news that I'm aware of, but it's just something that has been reported. Uh, it does appear that you do tend you do get the two legendary Pokemon fairly early, like the box art legendaries. So that would tend to hint that there might be more legendaries in the game. Um, but you do seem to use the two legendaries to traverse around uh, the Paldea region, which is the new region. Um, so yeah, they are a lot of people speculate because of the designs of the legendaries. It would have like motorbike style qualities to them and that is like the case um, legendaries do look great um i'm very much team violet ever since i saw the initial trailer i just like the um style of the logo a bit more it does seem to be very past and future based so there's quite different um mechanics there i mean just to see how they kind of mix together um yeah it does p do get the Legend the the box art legendary is quite early because you do use them to traverse around the the region, so they can kind of go across ground. You can glide with them, and you can also go across water with them. So that's pretty cool. Um, they have kind of showed off the gimmick for a better word for the game, where the like, uh, the Dynamaxing and Gigantamaxing in the Pokemon Sword and Shield games in this. Um, this next generation of games, Scarlet Violet, is going to be uh, the Trestal phenomenon or Trestalizing. Um, basically, it's kind of like transforms Pokemons into like gems, like they kind of do that make it made out of crystal or kind of precious gems, which looks pretty cool. Looks like a really nice effect. Um, like on their head, they get kind of marks of what kind of type they are. So. For example, with Sprigatito, Sprigatito, the uh, grass starter, where it terrestrializes, it gets like a bunch of flowers on its head, like kind of like, and um, like, Freak Okay gets like candles on its head, like a candle, candelabra. So it does look pretty cool, like, if you haven't, it's hard to explain. Uh, on a podcast, but if you do get a chance to watch the trader, if the most recent trader, if you haven't already, it's really pretty cool to have a look and see uh, the effects and how they look. Um, uh, it does also the trustizing effect does sometimes change the type of the for the Pokemon, so that means it can kind of alter the move sets and kind of strengths and weaknesses of your team, which is pretty cool. Uh, I know there has been footage of a Pikachu becoming a flying type. Um, and lots of other kind of weird and wonderful crossovers. So it's really cool you can kind of switch up your type as well in battle. Has been confirmed that every Pokemon can terrestrialize. So it isn't locked to certain Pokemon. Every Pokemon can do it, which is another cool touch. Um... I did also go into a little bit more detail in terms of the like, online multiplayer. You can connect up to three other f- players or friends using the union circle. So basically on the 
car pokey stops that have got dotted around or pokey centres. You can kind of step on the yellow union circle and then kind of activate online play and your friends can join you in your game. Uh, I don't know if you can do much story stuff with it, but it does. they did say you can go explore the game world. You can go catch some Pokemon, all that kind of stuff. And they have got um, Tower Raid Battles, which are kind of following the raid battles from, from Sword and Shield. Um, these ones are a lot more fast-paced. It's not everyone has to have their go. It's more kind of real-time rather than turn-based, which... Look pretty cool and gives you the chance to catch Pokemon of rare uh terrestrializing types and stuff like that. Um so yeah, it looks pretty cool, looks pretty interesting. Um and like I say the ray battles look a bit more a lot more fast paced than the old Buds and Sword and Shield. They could seem to take a little while sometimes. Um but you don't have to wait for your entire group to make their move before you take your next one, so that's all pretty good. Um, but yeah, like I say, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet is due out uh, this November on the 18th. So very much looking forward to seeing the full games. And like I say, they are keeping the other two storylines kind of secretive. Um, but the trailer did have lots of hints towards treasure hunts and stuff like that. And I'll be interested to see if there are any more legendaries in the game. Seeing as you do get the box art ones pretty early from what they've been showing off in the trailer, which is pretty cool. Uh, last bit of news is concerning the Activision Blizzard takeover by Microsoft. Um, at the moment, it is being processed and going through various um, reviews and stuff like that. Um, basically, different countries around the world do have to have review policies to make sure it's not like complies with con competition laws and all that kind of thing um and with brazil so of the um information is being made public um and brazil did send out like a questionnaire to a lot of big gaming companies and companies that do have um like are involved in the gaming space and some of their feedback has been being made public public on request. Um, so some companies like Apple didn't really answer much at all because um, it doesn't really affect Apple as a company, so they've not really answered back. But one company that did go into detail on their replies and has come out is uh, Sony. Because obviously Sony are quite invested in the Call of Duty franchise. They have got um, a promotional contract at the moment so that's why you tend to get a lot of the maps and that exclusive to playstation for a little while and like the, the demos and online play tests do tend to be playstation first and then other consoles um because sony has got a contract of activision blizzard for uh some of the promotional stuff um but sony did go in detail on this saying that they feel that they would be unable to compete with Call of Duty if it wasn't released on PlayStation consoles. Um, and that nothing they could produce would be able to match um, what Call of Duty does. 
And to be fair, Call of Duty is a massive seller. It is, well, the biggest sellers every year when it comes out. That will come out October, November time, and it will be the top selling game of the year, if not right in the mix at the top of the charts. Um, the last couple of years have seen slight drops, but it has still been best selling game of the year. And like the second or third, quite often is the previous year's Call of Duty as well. So they kind of have a point potentially. And if it was to be taken away from Sony's store, you could potentially see Sony lose a chunk of revenue. Um, but then Microsoft have kind of fired back. Um, they have kind of made counterclaims, which because of the review thing and the fact it's in a public domain thing. Um, so the responses have been shown. Like a lot of stuff has been redacted as well. But Microsoft's first counterclaim was that um, Call of Duty isn't a, such a big deal. Like I downplayed Sony's claims. Um, they're saying it's not kind of a genre standard. It's not kind of setting the best standards for the, for their for the genre it's in, it's not kind of the kind of the best of the best. It is like kind of making Activision and Call of Duty seem smaller than they actually are, potentially. Um, but they did also make another counterclaim, which sounds quite interesting, especially when it comes to like the competition rules and stuff like that. Um, Microsoft have claimed that Sony are paying some companies to block them for putting games on Game Pass. So, like, Sony would make a payment to a development studio or publisher and a kind of part of that payment is that they won't add their game, add that game to Game Pass. Um, so that's an interesting development if it is definitely proven to be true like it is a claim that Microsoft have made and there are some games that research have shown ten seem to have had this kind of agreement in place one of them does seem to be Resident Evil 8 or Resident Evil Village um, yeah, apparently Sony played, uh, paid Capcom some money to prevent it being added to Game Pass so so yeah in terms of like the tit for tat and kind of um, competition rules it appears that Sony has been doing stuff to kind of hinder Microsoft's like, uh, subscription services while potentially having a way to bolster their PlayStation Plus um, subscription service that they're kind of launching so yeah it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out a lot of people are expecting the um, Activision Blizzard deal with Microsoft to go through. Um, it does seem to be a matter of crossing the T's and dotting the I's and making sure that everything's done properly. But it will be a case of um, getting through the final hurdles. It is originally planned to finish going through the middle of the next year, but a lot of people are saying it could potentially be wrapped up late this year or early next year. So, um, 
yeah, it does it does seem to be full speed ahead, which is interesting to see how it goes exactly, and the interesting to see if Sony does put up any other kind of arguments. Um, I know uh, Microsoft have said they do intend to keep Call of Duty as a multi multi platform game, um, but whether that's just for the duration of Sony's existing deals with Activision remains to be seen, or whether it's something that they will honour, or whether they just kind of keep the Warzone Battle Royale games on there. Um, again, it's all kind of wait and see that kind of stuff, but yeah, that's the latest on the Activision Blizzard deal with Microsoft, and interesting to keep an eye on. And with that, that kind of wraps up our news for this this episode. Okay, guys. So now we are heading into our main sub subject for the for the episode. And this week, we on the time of recording, we did have a Splatoon three focus direct. So I wanted to just kind of chat about Splatoon three. Um, one of the big concerns going into this is a lot of people were kind of concerned that what they'd shown hadn't indicated to be much different to Splatoon 2. I was saying it's more than the same, okay, it looks a bit prettier, but there wasn't really much I could see that kind of differentiated it from previous games. So I'm going to go through what they showed off and kind of some of the changes they've made to the games and kind of, yeah, so see, so go through some of the updates and then kind of let you know how I'm feeling about the game, whether I'm excited for it, and kind of my thoughts on the changes. Um, so for the first time, they did kind of reintroduce the gameplay mechanics of Splatoon. They kind of went through how it works, and kind of like the aim of the game, stuff like that. Um, it's quite a good direct. They did kind of do a mixture of kind of like reintroducing the series to, to people who maybe not played it much or not played Splatoon at all while also kind of covering the um covering the stuff with experienced Splatoon gamers. Um yeah, so I went through how it all plays and they did introduce two new mechanics to gameplay. Uh so you had the squid surge which allows you to travel up walls quicker because if you spray ink on a wall you can travel up the walls in squid form. Um Yes, that allows you to kind of burst out the wall so a bit quicker. Um, the other one is what they call the squid roll. And the squid roll effectively allows you to kind of, when you swim through ink and squid form, it makes you jump out and but switches you 180 degrees. So you can kind of change direction really quickly. So if you're being shot out, you can kind of do a squid roll and end up going backwards on yourself. It looks pretty cool and it does give you a brief moment of um, stronger armor. So basically it will deflect some of the opponent's ink away from you. Because if you get hit by too much ink, it kind of carries you and you kind of have to wait to respawn. Um, yeah, so I kind of showed off those mechanics. Uh, showed off some of the stages that can be in the game. Um, there will be 12 stages at launch, a mixture of new levels and some old returning ones, which is kind of, says Platoon 2, they had like some returning levels and some new ones. Uh, I do believe 12 is more than Splatoon launch, 
Splatoon, Splatoon 2 launched with, so we have got more levels coming in, which is pretty cool. Um, showed off some new the weapons types, so we had like the Stringer, which is like a bow and arrow, and Splatana, which is like a Katana-style weapon. Um, both are very unique and very different, and should in introduce some new kind of um, gameplay styles. And they did show off some of the new uh, special weapons, and to including some which do include like a team one, where it puts like a quarter out and it provides four drinks that have a stat booster. There's like a random stat booster that could be like speed up, stuff like that. Um, but because it has four drinks, you, the rest of your team can have one as well. So it kind of boosts the team rather than just the player who has the special weapon, which is kind of interesting, pretty cool. Um, but again, with the special weapons, there are some returning ones and some new ones. So it's pretty cool to see some of those in action. Um... They did show off a bit more about Salmon Run, so they have got some new Salmonid bosses coming in. Um, salmon Run can be intense, I'm not going to lie, it can be kind of pretty full on. It does look like it'll be a lot of fun with the new elements they're adding. Um, in fact, you can throw eggs to your teammates, so if you're being bombarded or surrounded, you can pass the egg on to someone else and then... Um, Help get the egg towards the 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 goal. Um, they did also show, like, kings hominids are like kaiju style things. So sometimes they'll appear at the end of uh, salmon run campaign. So you have to work together, to try and do as much damage as you can before it disappears. Um, and they will have something called big run events where. The main kind of city area where Splatoon 3's set will be invaded by uh, Salmonids, as they're known. Um, so yeah, it'll be a mass invasion thing. They said it will happen every few months, so it's not going to be a permanent event, but it does seem to be like a pretty full-on one. Does we'll get more information about that when the time comes. Um... It's a whole raft of new customization options. So there's a load of more fashion items like hats, tops, um, and shoot footwear and stuff like that. So that's pretty cool. Um, they do also have um, what they call splash tags, kind of like um, a tag basically. So you can create your own background and uh, choose your own kind of wording on it. It's pretty cool. And um, you can also uh, customise a locker, so you have your own locker. So you can buy things and have them in there. You can put stickers up, you can take photos in photo mode and put those in your locker, change the colour of your locker. Uh, so you have your own locker, but also in the locker room we have lockers of people you've played against recently. So you can kind of look in their lockers and kind of see... What kind of stuff they've got. You can have like weapons in there and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, that's a pretty cool uh, like little customization mechanic. Something to explore and look at. Uh, gives you more reason to collect stuff. So it's all about collectibles this time, I think. 
Um, the customizable items and stuff you can put in your locker, like, and also that you can do victory, choose your victory emote. So when you win a match, you can choose what kind of pose or dance you do. Um, these can be bought through a store called Hotlantis in the Splatlands on Splatville, which is the new setting for Splatoon 3. Um, the customizable items will come through a catalogue, which is available through this Hotlantis store. And they did say they will be releasing new catalogues every f three months for two years after the game launches. So there will be a steady stream of new content being added. They didn't say how many items or stuff like that. But it will include items, um, new emotes, new designs for splash tags, all that kind of stuff. So... Um, they also say new weapons and potentially new maps will be added at similar times. Like they will, they have announced that new maps will be coming and new weapons. So there's like could be a lot added to the game. So it's going to be kind of live service, which is pretty cool. Um, they say it's easier to set up matches with your friends and stuff like that. Um, so you can do a kind of rank mode called Anarchy. Um, you can do one where you can create a team of friends. And also you can interact with friends' ghosts. So if someone else is online, it will show up as a ghost. And if they're looking for friends, they can you can join their party and their team. Or you can join the game that they're in as well. So it's pretty cool that you can um, set up matches with your friends and be on the same team as your friends a lot easier than in previous games. So it's pretty cool. Um, it did show off elements of the single player, so it does look very much Splatoon as normal for the single player, but it does appear to be some cutscenes in there. Um, so yeah, that'll be interesting to see exactly how deep the single player is, or whether they do focus more on the multiplayer. Um, they did also confirm that there would be large-scale deals, paid DLC coming at some point, so that would be interesting to see. That could potentially be towards the end of the two years. Um, but the artwork did have the silhouettes that seemed to indicate that Pearl and Marina from Splatoon 2 will be involved in this. Um, and Kelly and Marie from Splatoon 1 seem to be part of the storyline for the single-player mode this time. So I think they did sharpen the trailer, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, um, and obviously they do have, like, the new idols or pop group. Um, so obviously they had Half the Hook and stuff like that in previous... previous Platoon games. But this, um, this group in Platoon 3 is a trio called Deep Cut. Um... So it's the first time there's been a trio, there's always been duos up till now. Um, but the three idols or characters in the trio are Fry, Shiver and Big Man. Um, they all look pretty cool. Big Man's like a massive Manta Ray style thing. Um, Shiver seems to be an Octoling and Fry seems to be the more squid based one. Um, that's going by appearances but they do look pretty cool. The music sounds really cool. Sounds like a Brazilian kind of carnival kind of sound or vibe to it. It's pretty cool. Um, with there being 
a trio in charge now when it comes to Splatfest, which are their big events. Does mean there will be three teams to choose from. So it was Splatfests. Uh, players used to cha- choose a team. And for the time the Splatfest was on, you would be on that team. You'd be facing off against the other team. Um, I think by adding another team in does make it pretty cool because it gives you more chance of being against an opposing team. There were times in Splatfests, if there was one team that was insanely popular, you'd end up facing against your own team um, and you wouldn't really contribute to the Splatfest result. She looks at like, the team wins against the other team and stuff like that. Um, but having this third team does work in terms of making it easier to be against um, another team rather than your own team. Um, um, Splatfests are also changing how they work. It used to be that she just like a standard turf war battle all the way through. But that is just going to be the case for the first half of the Splatfest. So you'll go up against the opposing team to try and get the most ground and then win the match. Um, but halfway through the Splatfest, it does change how it works. Um, so halfway through, it turns into a three-team battle. So the team that is currently in the lead in the middle of the Splatfest, when you enter a battle or like a... Yeah, when you enter a, a round... You'll have the winning team, they're all spawned in the middle of the map. Then you'd have two players from each of the other teams spawning either side of the map. So it's kind of like, like a pincer movement. So there'll still be eight players all together, but you get four from the winning team and two from the other two teams. So it's literally kind of, can the other two teams work together to take down the current leading team? Um, so you will be battling to try and cover as much of the stage with your colour as you can and kind of claw back points from the from the winning team and kind of out do the team that you are kind of up against um, but yeah it looks really interesting how that's going to work um, very excited to get stuck into that Um and they will have a pre-release um, splat first, or like a test fire. Um, pretty much like it did with Splatoon 2, just to kind of get people involved in the game and kind of to get people to try it out. So on September, no, not September, August 27th, there will be a splat first, the world premiere splat first. So you have to download a demo. I think it has got a training mode as well, so you can play through some training on it. And then you got your Splatfest weekend. So 27th of August is when it takes place. Um, and the three teams are Rock, Paper, or Scissors. So it's Rock, Paper, Scissors themed uh, Splatfest. You get to choose what team you are, whether you're Team Rock, Team Paper, or Team Scissors. And then go up against the other teams. Um, each of the three characters in the D-Cut has their own team. So I think... Shiver is rock, um, fry is paper, and big man is scissors. Um, so yeah, it's really cool to see how that works, and especially like the three team kind of 
mechanic. So I'm really excited to see how that works and how it plays and whether it does affect the overall standards at the end. Um, but that kind of wraps up what they showed off in the Splatoon 3 Direct. It did make me more excited. There's a lot more kind of quality of life improvements it did. Um, a lot more customization stuff. Um, one thing I did forget is they have got like a tabletop turf battle, which is a one-on-one thing. Um, so basically you get a deck of cards and you have to try and meet your opponents by laying cards out and taking up as much space as you can on the desk on the tabletop kind of grid. Um, yeah, it looks like a little interesting thing. It's not going to be a major game mode, but it does look pretty fun as well. Um, I am looking forward to giving that a go, even though I'm not sure how much time I'll spend on it. Um, there are like 150 different cards you can collect, and each player will get a like a starter deck. So yeah, it's be fun to see like how you can get on with some other cards. Um, not sure if you can play against other players with it or whether it's just in game players, but. This looks like a cool little way to pass some time and do something a bit different in Splatoon. Um, yeah, so I am quite excited to get stuck in. Um, there are also some new Amiibos coming. Um, you can get those that drew out uh, or holiday this year. They do look pretty cool. Uh, they got two inklings which kind of like Phase Splatoon style amiibo and then you have got a salmonid which is like the small fish kind of thing they got one of them as an amiibo which looks pretty cool um you can also another little quality of life thing you can um set your favorite loadout so you can get your gear and weapons that you like and have them as a set as a preset thing so you can literally choose between different sets which is pretty cool i think um yeah, like I say, the little quality of life improvements and the little additions they made, I do think it will be a good game. It will be a lot of fun. Um, Splatoon 2 DLC, paid DLC, did get added to the expansion pack um, tier of the Nintendo Switch Online, so I'm kind of hoping that the paid DLC for Splatoon 3 will follow suit and will be added to that. It would be pretty cool if that did happen. Um, but obviously that is a little time away when that comes out. Um, but yeah, look, <coughs> like I say, very much looking forward to okay, so into Splatoon 3. It is due out beginning of September. Um, and obviously if you haven't played Splatoon before, I do recommend you try and get involved with the World Premier Splatfest, which will be on the 27th of August. I think the... Um, App should become available to download just before. Um, so yeah, don't forget to get stuck and give it a go um, and see what you think of it. Um, that kind of wraps up my thoughts on Splatoon 3. Um, yeah, so I am very much looking forward to it. I am going to just talk about what I've been playing in the last last few weeks. Because um, it has been a little while since I've chatted to you guys. So I have done... Some more time on Animal Crossing and 
Tetris 99. Um, have been sleeping on Animal Crossing a little bit. I haven't been checking it as often as I used to. Um, and it purely comes down to the fact, because the work's been so crazy, I've not been able to get on my Switch every single day, which is kind of a bit weird for me. Um, if you've been following my YouTube, you've been seeing that I've been playing Sonic Origins, so got through the original games of Sonic 1, 2, 3, and Knuckles. Um, most recent video I've recorded on that, I have started my Sonic CD journey. Sonic CD is a game I've not played much of before at all, so it did confuse me a little bit. Um, but I am enjoying Sonic CD at the moment, which is pretty cool. Um, also played some Fire Emblem Warriors Free Hopes and some um, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Um, it's been about an hour or so in Xenoblade Chronicles 3 so far. But I know I've barely scratched the service with it. I've not even met the full cast of characters. So yeah, I really need to get stuck in that. So hopefully this weekend I will be able to spend some time on Xenoblade Chronicles 3, which would be really cool. Um... I played on my Xbox the other day, and I've got the Hot Wheels ex expansion on Forza Horizon 5, so I gave that a pretty a quick go. That's pretty crazy, pretty full on, um, so I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, that kind of wraps up the main things we've been spending time on. I have played a little bit of Yoshi's um, Crafted World, which is pretty cool. Um been doing that off channel, just literally just game on, just chill out and play. Um, and yeah, it kind of wraps up what I've been playing. As always, don't forget to check out uh, Game Junkies. They post some really good stuff at the moment, some really good conversation pieces. Um, also got their um, Dungeons and Junkies, which is their Dungeons and Dragons um, content as well. Some really cool storylines there. And once I get around to getting my most recent one sorted, we'll be able to get that out for you guys as well. Um, it's all pretty exciting stuff. Yeah, so don't forget to join Matt, Alex and Kerry for all their, all their content. Also on Visionaries Global Media. Um, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at ChrisLewis37. And YouTube is youtube.com forward slash ChrisReactor1. Um cool stuff there make sure you go check it out um and let me know what you want to see me do as well any ideas what you want me to do for the podcast anything you want to see me do uh gameplay rise please do let me know and i can get stuck in and try and make sure you get content you guys enjoy so with that thank you for listening if you still are and until next time speak to you soon bye